0: Spoke, I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed at that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I have dreamed waking up in a room, surrounded by blue and green grass, and years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past, or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from. Just to handle that cape for the last time.
1: Return to Kemp Town 10th Year Anniversary Edition is a revised version of Andean's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional materials. Spoken, you wake up one morning after not reading a book since your school days and you decide to be a writer with no good or bad writing to compare against your own. You just know how to write and anyone who tells you otherwise is wrong. Hell, maybe they're jealous of your natural ability to craft the masterpiece. After all, most people need to learn through a combination of books, courses, critical feedback and workshops. Not you though. It's not their fault they don't realise your natural talent, but they soon will.
0: How to Write Wrong is the new book by Amanda Steele. The book, which is an interactive story, gives the reader multiple options throughout its story. The book can be purchased from Prison. Spoken oh. Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and, as of recording, has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at spoken label and all one word spoken label dot bandcamp. dot com on the bandcamp it is set as pay what you want so you are entirely if you wish you can download it or stream it for nothing but if you throw me a couple of pennies my way it is always eternally grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running plots for podcast enjoy Spoken oh, Hi guys, and the end, Spoken Label, back in the house again. Uh, I've got a special podcast tonight, because this lady I've just been talking to before, I've been been aware of her for about pretty well since she originally started reading in 2010. And um, I think we've only ever talked a couple of times, Leanne, haven't we? But I've always been a big fan of yours all the over these years. So it's been great because um over the time of lockdown, it's let me chat to a lot of writers and get podcasts set up, people. I've wanted to chat to you for years in some cases, and this one here, Leanne, we first spoke about this in February, was it, this year, or January?
1: Yeah, and the world was a very different place when we first talked about it, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so.
0: crazy times. Like, obviously, Leanne Moulden is with us today, Now I'm going to let Leanne introduce herself in a second, but it's been great, so Leanne's been, I've watched so many videos on Leanne, and I think you've read in Manchester once or twice over the years, and twice yeah, I'm aware I- of, you might you're about to tell me otherwise. But I've missed you both times because I was doing somewhere else. I thought, hopefully, the next time we'll be able to meet. right? So, yeah. knows, anyway, but anyway, Leanne, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell who you are, where you come from, and what led you onto the creativity path on now, then? Really? So, we'll start from
1: Oh, good questions. Um, so, hello, my name is Leanne Moden. Um, I'm a poet, writer, workshop leader, um, producer, originally from Norfolk. Uh, and now living in the East Midlands um, and what got me in onto my creative path um, I've always written poetry um, uh, ever since I was little and um, I had a period of being unemployed after university and uh, just started writing a poetry blog and one thing led to another and uh, yeah here I am today sort of stumbled into becoming a poet um, yeah. and I
0: <laughs> now, I've gone, I've gone for your bio, and there's, a, there's an awful lot we could talk about here. <laughs> I think we probably will. will all, I think we'll, we'll want to talk about your book today, really, of course. But um, tell people a bit about how you managed to perform at so many events down in England and Europe. Like, I, I didn't know you'd be, you'd be you read it, the WOMAD Festival. It's one of my favourite yeah. festivals, that one. And uh, I knew yeah. about it in the Fringe. And, I, and there's a lot of ones in there. Tell us about WOMAD, first of all,
1: how how you got on WOMAD then? Oh, WOMAD is such a beautiful festival. So I got onto WOMAD because with a lot of things in spoken word and in poetry, it's a case of doing one thing. Uh, meeting somebody, and then that person saying, Would you like to do this next thing? and everything feels very much like stepping stones. So, Womad came about because I knew somebody who, um, a lady called Amy, who is uh, a producer who ran a stage at Folk East, which is uh, an event that happens in Lowestoft, um, and she was helping to stage produce um, the Hip Yak Poetry Shack. Oh, wow um, yeah and oh, she got me on to talking to Liv talk who runs that um, and I emailed Liv um, hideously late Because you have to email people, you do, you have to email people, you know, at least 12 months in advance for a festival. Um, And she said, she said to me, I'm full up for this year, but I'd like to have you for next year. So then I had, you know, like an 18 month wait, but then I finally managed to get to WOMAD. And I tell you, have you been? It's beautiful. No, I've
0: not been. It's one I want to go to. Uh, I've definitely, it's one I want to go to because like, it's my sort of tendency in music varied (laughs) so I know straight about what I've I've seen lots of tv footage and it's just incredible
1: yeah yeah no it's definitely my favorite festival I've ever performed at ever been to because um like I don't know a huge amount about um that kind of music (coughs) scene but honestly it was the best the best weekend I've ever had um just the variety of stuff that you get to see there it's really really cool
0: no one can believe you in that so I get Tell us about then, obviously, when you first got going you your Chelsea. looking at it, you said you started giving up an unemployment. Did you start, to people who are interested, you do so much, and there's a lot bits and pieces I want to ask you about, here, we're touching a lot of it. But when you started off, did you start with a sort of local open mic and build yourself up slowly, did you?
1: yes yeah, so um it's i, I don 't know who you, who said it, but there's a there 's a quote of um, how long how many years it takes you to be an overnight success, and that 's definitely true in my case i don 't know how successful i 've been, but I, it certainly has been a long a long road, um, and a lot of it is uh, it started off on the local open mic scene, and obviously living in West Norfolk. Um, when you say <laughs> local what that means is you have to drive for 60 miles to get to the nearest <laughs> city and then do have, do. Have,
0: it was like two men and a dog basically in the ballpark. yeah yeah thing, so.
1: absolutely. yeah no um no the um the scene that i first um sort of started performing in was in norwich um in the very early 2010s um wow. and then After that, I started um, going to Cambridge, which also has a really lovely poetry scene and Peterborough um, as well. A really, really nice um, scene of poetry, too. And then once you sort of have done a lot of things locally, um, whatever that means, I started to feel like I wanted to um, branch out a little bit and and see more things and go to more events. So um, I started to um, take a carload of people and and sort of chug down to places like um, the East Midlands, like Leicester or like go down to um, Suffolk. We used to go to Ipswich to events as well. And just, you know, like taking taking the time to go out and, and get to things um and obviously it's it's easy to do if you if you've got your own car which which i did at that time um but yeah it was it was about sort of making it kind of like a road trip um and that was that was really how we got started in doing that
0: really now obviously i know you're living in nottingham nowadays aren't you so what led sure. you to nottingham i'm interested.
1: So um, that was sort of non poetry related. My partner, All right. We'll
0: move on. We'll move on then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but but the nice thing about it is that um, we didn't realise at the time. But Nottingham is a UNESCO World Heritage City of Literature. So it's the, actually. I
0: love, country. Country. I love your city. I do. Great yeah. city. I've not, not been there for years. but I used to have. I used to have a couple of friends that used to live around the back of them, between Nottingham Forest and Notts County Football Club, right round oh, the corner right. between both of them. So I know. I know it now. So great place, Lovely,
1: place. Lovely, so. lovely. Well, you'll you'll know as well then that obviously Manchester now is a, a city of literature too, so we've kind of got that in common, which is Yeah.
0: i ours is due to open up, we've got a put but the poetry I usually not up fairly soon. and I've got a meeting yeah. coming up with the gentleman that's running that, but COVID-19 just messed that one up completely, so yeah. We were due to we were due to meet, I think it was a week after lockdown started, so oh. and I've got I've got Drop Martin a message over and see how he's going, but I yeah, a story for another day and ourselves. Now, what i mentioned earlier is you're involved in quite a few projects in Nottingham, aren't you? Like in mm. what started you on from the twenty eight Sonnets Later project?
1: Oh, so twenty-eight sonnets later. That was originally a project that um, myself and three friends from Norwich um, got started doing, and we started that in twenty twelve. So um, that is actually coming up to its tenth anniversary next year. Yeah, but to the read them every year. Be
0: grateful.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're really good fun. We really enjoy doing them. The idea was that we wanted to sort of challenge ourselves to write. 28 sonnets across the 28 days in February, every February, um, and each year we do something slightly different in terms of like having a theme or um, having um, an I- a central idea that the poems sort of um, rotate around. So this year we did um, myths and monsters, folklore, um, and in the past, we've done things like um, we did the 28 EU member states, um, <laughs> which was fun. Oh, well,
0: um, I'm yeah. that was confusing, yeah. I can imagine Just, some of the years are harder than others to do, aren't we? So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we did one year, we did a sonic corona, which um, I don't <laughs> know if, for anybody who doesn't know, um, is the, the idea of the sonnet, each sonnet... Um, taking the final line from the previous sonnet as its first line Um, so it's a bit of a a bit of a you know like a a muddying of the idea of the sonnet corona but the whole thing sort of rotates and comes back to the beginning which uh, was really hard really difficult but really good fun.
0: Have you found that since you started doing that project and has it changed a lot over the years?
1: Yes, yeah, definitely. um certainly, the first couple of years, I was awful awful at writing sonnets um,
0: <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure they were excellent right?
1: <laughs> well, you know I think um because sonnets are a really difficult form to get right, and iambic pentameter is n- it 's fairly intuitive, but it doesn 't click naturally necessarily straight away, so I feel like every year we do it um everybody gets like everything gets better and everything levels up and I'm a real believer in the idea of you know like writing for writing's sake or writing to you know keep improving incrementally and and not to necessarily everything not to to be happy and content with the fact that not everything you write will be a masterpiece and that's okay. Um, And that project has been really helpful in doing that because obviously you only have 24 hours each time you have to write a sonnet. So it can't be polished. It can't be perfect, but in sort of letting go of that idea of perfection, you kind of get something like really, um, really valuable and magical from the experience of having written it. Do you
0: know what yeah, I mean? I know what I mean. I'm I'm trying to do it a haiku a day at the moment. I've nice. I've told myself I'm gonna do a book of them next year. I, I'm not you know. gonna do I'm not I don't forget my three hundred and sixty-five pages worth of them, but I'll pick out the best hundred or something. But it's just it's, you're freeing yourself on sometimes, aren't you? In case you're getting yeah. it out and getting it on a piece of paper and getting it out there and I thought, that's the beauty behind it, definitely. So yeah, um are you still involved with the DIY poets in Nottingham at the moment?
1: yes yeah i mean obviously we're not meeting as much as we would like to because not to go bang on about covid but it's put a dampener on everything but yes the diy poets are um always will always have a really important part in my story and my journey because moving to nottingham and not knowing a soul in 2015 um i went along to my first diy poets meeting and it was just like walking into a, a group of old friends. Um, oh, It was so welcoming, yeah. And it's, it's a community of poets um, of all ages and abilities who meet monthly and who support each other with performance and publishing. And it's sort of like a, an informal collective. Um, but it was, yeah, it really helped me find my feet when I was sort of suddenly thrust into living in a big city because we'd before then we'd actually never lived in a city so yeah oh, i
0: didn't, oh, didn't realize that yeah of course it won't be one of them would you you'd have gone from much yeah. smaller community so like to nottingham it's a fairly large city of course at the moment, yeah. Course, yeah. So it was very
1: different. It was lovely. It was um, They yeah. They really took me under their wing and, and showed me like the scene in Nottingham and also the wider scenes in the East Midlands. And I think the really lovely thing about the DIY Poets is that it is all about celebrating each other's successes gotcha. um, and Good. supporting each other, which is that, wicked.
0: Oh, yeah, completely. I'm in a very similar group, and I'm not going to hang bang on about myself, but I know you're in a very similar group, and we support each other. When you get that sort yeah. of group, you stay with them, basically. You don't go anywhere else. Yeah. The group holds. The group I'm in is yeah. about it's, it's 10 years old as well. So, yeah, we're going that for a long time. And about two years ago, two and a half years ago, I started taking Amanda, my partner, and she, she won't miss it now either. So it's, just, it's a group mm-hmm. like that. It's just something special in this so, I know what you mean. Yeah. So Now, um, talk, we're touching a few other things, really, before we get into your book. But I know you were Finland Poet Laureate 2013. I was. And this is what I knew to me. I, knew, I did know about some stuff about you before. This one's one I didn't know. So tell us a bit about that
1: then. Yeah, so this is um, a competition that I think originally started in, again, 2012. Um, and it was basically um, the Fens in sort of Northwick, Cambridgeshire, is um, very much an area of England that is sort of forgotten about or if it is remembered people believe wrongly that it's just full of people who are a little bit backward and marrying their own cousins <laughs> deep in the uh, marshes, you know, and um, wonderful-
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, and it's it's really unfair and really unfounded. And the Fens is actually like a beautiful landscape, and also like this rich historical. It's got it's got all this like incredible history and um, really interesting stories. Um, so this wonderful lady called Karen, who um, ran Atelier East, which is an arts organisation, started up the Fenland Poet Laureate programme, um, oh, wow. just to, yeah, to get some, um, to really harness the sort of creative um, zest of the area. Um, and I won the prize in 2013. Um, and used my time uh, as laureate to set up um, a poetry spoken word night um, because we didn't have one um, in Whiz Beach, which is where um, I'm originally from. Um, so we set it up and we brought it to um, various other towns in the Fens as well. So we started one in Ely, uh, just outside Cambridge, and also um, some nights in Kings Lynn as well, which is on the West Norfolk border. Um, and it was really one of those situations where there was no spoken word events before. And uh, since we set it up, it's been like a really thriving sort of community that's still going strong to this day. Some re- proud to have been part of that and it it really was a situation of if you build it they will come and they did come and um some of the people that I've met through um running Fenspeak which I ran for three years until 2015 some of the people that I've met through that experience are still some of my very best friends to this day brilliant brilliant
0: that's that's a great story (laughs) to hear that one
1: yeah, and that's the really important thing about poetry is that it is a community, and that's a really important part of it for me as well. Is not the I realize that a lot of writers uh, value the solitude of the writing process, but for me, I think the most important part is the sharing and the community aspect yeah,
0: completely. I've, been, I've made so many friends on the poetry, and the, the creator you do work over time. Like, I've yeah. probably nowadays got more friends that are writers than, than I've got, that aren't writers. I've got a few long term friends that are not writers. And they're yeah. always telling me, and say, for example, I don't know if you're like this, if you go out sometimes and you're out with your wife, and me and Amanda go out sometimes, non to a non creative bit. and I'll bump into mm-hmm. somebody I knew from 10 years ago and run the turn and say, Who's that? <laughs> Do you get that? You get that you you bump into people all the time, don't you? People know you yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah just... absolutely
1: and this happened to me um a little while ago we went some of my friends from school we went to see Kate Tempest at um, Norwich um and I bumped into at least six or seven poets that I knew
0: um, <laughs> and,
1: and my friends from school were like who's that who's that and I was like oh it's a poet oh it's another poet you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> brilliant. brilliant now obviously yeah. we'll talk about your, your writing your writing books today now i know Tell me if I'm wrong with you. I know you, did a, you had a previous collection, didn't you? Liaisons, that yes. was published in 2015. So is your second book now, my burning eye books? That is that your second one?
1: Yes, it is, yes. Yeah. So um, they're both sort of um, pamphlet-sized. Um, Liaisons with Stud Rhubarb Press is um, a true pamphlet, so that's um, a collection of 12 poems. Um, and that sort of mostly focuses on, um, like, uh, and womanhoods and, um, the, you know, you, you tend to write about what you're preoccupied with at that time. And I think in 2014, 15, those were my sort of main thoughts and feelings were around sort of processing that as a, as a concept. Um, this new collection, which is called get over yourself is, um, mm. 20 poems so it's sort of just on the cusp of being like a very slim volume collection um and that's with burning eye books which i'm really like still completely gobsmacked that um such a you know an incredible publisher um agreed to put my poems into print so i'm really delighted to be part of that and this collection is more about um Isolation and belonging and finding your place in the world, um, and it's one of those things where I didn't necessarily realise that that's what the collection would be about until I started putting the poems together. But you mm. know, you write about things, yeah. and you don't realise you're writing about them until you see your body of work together. It was kind of one of those. Yeah. Situations.
0: Over what period of this collection roll in? And obviously, we're talking about isolation. But obviously, like I, I knew about this book what nearly a year ago, so obviously it was. It took some time, hasn't it, to sort it out through Burnin Island, basically, this one. So, oh, what period were these poems written?
1: So, um, these poems are sort of from about 2016 till uh, 2019, so a period of about four years. Yeah, yeah, um, of course. Yeah, and during this time, I was sort of also in the process of writing um, a show for the Edinburgh Fringe, Um, And that was uh, a sort of semi autobiographical piece about sort of growing up in uh, West Norfolk in the Fens and um, all those sort of um, ideas around growing up and finding out who you are and sort of um, finding your place in the world and becoming who you are. all sort of those thoughts and feelings around the show all sort of filtered into the poetry i think
0: brilliant yeah it's not you find sometimes when you're doing two projects at once and i've done this myself before now like when i used to be in a band just spoken word of it, and then writing a book on top of it everything merges into one sometimes. done it and it's you're trying to keep them separate but it's just not going to happen is it you know what like, they really so Brilliant.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. We have to go where the creativity takes you, don't you? That's the thing.
0: So. Yeah, although let the muse dictate it as I was saying, naturally too, definitely. That's so right. yeah, now obviously um it's very I always like to cut, now we're getting towards the end of it really, is asking them where the where the writers plan to promote and read the collection. But obviously at the moment it's very hard because we're still technically in lockdown, aren't we? So and like it's mm. there's nothing open in Manchester at the moment where we are. The reading and stuff and I presume it's the same for you as well Not in Nottingham, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm doing a few things online, um, online performances on Zoom. Um, As I was saying, um, when we were chatting just before, um, I've been, I've had uh, maybe about sort of nine or ten gigs that I had planned, like a little mini book tour cancelled because of what's going on. Um, But a lot of them are sort of tentatively putting their, dipping their toes in the uh, live digital events sort of yeah. arena so hopefully um over the next couple of months uh, opportunities to sort of do my poetry will will present themselves but i really like going along to open mics and just doing one or two poems as well i think that that personally for me feels just as valid and just as important to keep doing as you know yeah, doing i do love minutes.
0: doing it love doing it cause yeah. I do. whenever you go to the Tell me, and you must be the same to your experience. You, you're always gonna see somebody there you've not seen before, and like, and they're gonna leave an impact on you. Now I always find that whether that person then goes to does it, does it ever, does it or not, they you always stick in your head afterwards, and that's why like, I know Amanda wrote a poem when she lost her dad a couple of years ago, and somebody wrote a poem in a, in a style that she heard read, of, might it really hit her. like you, yes, I can write about my dad like that. Not the grief sort of counselling piece, different angle altogether. You do say like, you just don't know what it's, it's going to impact you sometimes, and that's why I think as much as writing sometimes or reading. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, for me, my uh, it's it's exactly the same. Inspiration strikes when you're listening to other people or when you're reading other people's work. So I kind of can't understand the type of poets who don't listen to other poetry or don't read other people's collections because like where do you where do you get your inspiration from or where do you understand where do you find out what you like and what you don't like and what you want to pursue you know so i think it's vitally important if you are a writer to also be like a reader and a listener as well
0: yeah um oh i'm on the top this, but she just read stephen king's on writing book and he said he said oh, something yeah. identical to that he did so it does was- I think mean, you're, mean, you're dead right when you say something like that. So, Now, obviously, um, we know we've got little bits of reading on the way, but I know you've been involved in a few bits and pieces at the moment, aren't you? We're obviously in mm. COVID, and I'm not quite sure what's live and what's not at the moment. So what other projects have you got on the go at the moment?
1: Oh, goodness. I've got yeah. a big list. I know, you I can see li- them.
0: <laughs> I can see them, but my <laughs> health got here, and thought, I'm not quite sure what's live and what's not
1: at the moment. <laughs> uh, I can tell you a couple of things that I'm doing. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm working with um, Newark Book Festival. I'm the writer in residence at the moment. They're doing oh, yeah, book festival entirely online, um, which is really lovely. And I'm just about to, in the next month or so, undertake a commission with them to write a um, a poem for Newark Book Festival. Brilliant. Which I'm really excited.
0: Oh, yeah, um, we're, as well, so. also
1: working with, yeah, I'm working with Writing East Midlands um, and we're writing, um, we're working with a group of participants to write about menopause and middle age, which is a really exciting project because it's something that doesn't get talked about um, and uh, we're sort of halfway through putting that together and we're hoping that the participants will um, come together and do a sharing and we're hoping to get an anthology of new writing out of that which is really exciting too.
0: brilliant great stuff fingers crossed and obviously there's plenty i know i know you there's plenty of stuff going on as well so and if people want to find out more about you where are the best going
1: yes so um best place to go is my website which is leannemoden.com. so let me spell that for you um it's L E A N N E m o d e n dot com, um, and there's links from there to um, all my social medias and uh, also to my shop. <laughs>
0: yeah, mem- emphasise the word shop, definitely, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right guys. Seriously, now we're going to let the um catch a breath. We've been chatting for a while, they I just realised as well, but she's going to do a few pieces. I'm looking forward to. So hang around, everybody. It's been a pleasure today, man. Thank you. Let's see. Thank you. Do on a minute. Spockingly. Hi everybody, okie dokie. Straight up to Leanne, she's going to do a couple of pieces for her today. Looking forward to this. Over to you Leo, my friend.
1: Okay, um, this first poem is uh, a poem about politics and pie, and it's called A Piece of the Pie. Look, everyone gets a piece of the pie, but some get more than others. It's only fair they were here first or if they weren't here first then they paid more or if they didn't pay more then they certainly looked like they could afford more which is why they got more at no extra cost i wouldn't expect you to understand it's complicated some people have asked for more but didn't get it while other people could do with less but won't be persuaded to share some people have been coming here for years and think we owe them something Some people can't read the menu, so those people get crumbs. Some people don't realise that some people have already eaten. Some people have already eaten but still feel the gnawing hunger. Some people haven't eaten for days. Everyone gets a piece of the pie, but some people are never satisfied. Someone has been stealing food, someone is always stealing something. Some slices look bigger than others because some slices are bigger than others. Everyone gets a piece of the pie except those who get nothing. And we don't mention those who get nothing in case they take a piece of our pie. Sure, some people get more pie than others, but some people have more luck than others. Some people get more pie than others, and some people. Get crumbs. It's a good thing. It's only pie, isn't it? It's a good thing. It's not our lives, isn't it? It's a good thing. It's not our world, isn't it? It's a good thing. It's only pie.
0: Brilliant. What made you write a poem about like that? Because that's there's a lot of repetition and the rhythms constant in that piece. Like it's mm. it's, it's fantastic to hear. And I, I I remember I remember reading that one in the book before and I really enjoyed it. So, did you find that was did the rhythm dictate itself to you quite early on when you're writing that piece and the repetition? Yeah.
1: So I, <laughs> I'm a I'm a big big, big fan of repetition.
0: <laughs> I, know, I know,
1: I know, I um, <laughs> you know. You'll
0: loads of times. You
1: know. <laughs> yeah, um, it's kind of a thing. And um, but that particular poem um came out of a discussion with a friend who um, was talking about um how uh, the, the sort of economics of how people discuss immigration and how people discuss, discuss what, um, what is allowed and what isn't allowed and who gets to have what in the country. Um, and it was just something that I was really angry about. And so the rhythm sort of came out of that need for the repetition and that need for it almost to be um, a rant
0: um yeah so, very controlled manager it was like because i could feel the anger in it but with respect to, you that know, you held the anger back and that probably had twice the impact then made you draw all the references to the pie all the time they built in very mm-hmm. very clever writing indeed, excellent okay should we jump into number two
1: sure um this one's called fish face of course we knew they existed in picture books and fairy tales But when we finally dredged one up from the depths, we were more than a little surprised. She was nothing like we imagined. No flowing golden hair and sun-kissed skin, no silvery voice or wide submissive eyes, no pert little breasts, modestly shielded from sight behind a seashell bra. She was nothing like we imagined all iridescent scales crusted with barnacles, wild seaweed frond hair and a voice like a hurricane. Gills and teeth and spines, more monster than maiden. She was fascinating, but she would never make the cover of a magazine. Still. We lapped up every TV interview, documentary and podcast, every forward-thinking think piece and long-form feminist essay. And when one Saturday morning TV presenter broached the question of her appearance, we held our breath. She said, My body carries me across oceans and through storms. My body can withstand the pressure of 5,000 fathoms of seawater and swim for six miles without rest. My body has borne me children and survived the sharks and sea monsters of this world. My body is my instrument. My body is my weapon. My body is exactly what I need it to be. It may not be perfect, but I am not afraid of it. Because my body is beautiful. Soon, models were walking the runways wearing artificial gills. And young people were saving up to have scales surgically implanted under their skin. Green hair dye sold out in the shops. And swimming pool salesmen struggled to meet the demand. People prayed for gills and teeth and spines. The mermaid, realizing that humanity had almost entirely missed the point, returned to the sea. <laughs>
0: excellent, excellent. I'm glad. I was glad. I was hoping you're going to read that one today, but I was going to be a book on it. I loved the the story and the story side, that you do as the voice of the mermaid, that's absolutely brilliant. That it's got it's like the cheeky sort of sarcastic humour I like a lot of the time. It's like, um, was it planned to have the, the voice of the mermaid come so clearly into it originally? You've got road signs rather, piece like that.
1: Yeah, so that poem was written <coughs> for the Derby Book Festival um, about two years ago. Um, and the original brief was to write um, a poem that was based on one mm-hmm. of the books from the Derby Festival. And the book that I um, chose was uh, a book called The Mermaid and Mrs. Hudson. Um, And it was about um, this idea of um, like uh, P.T. Barnum and the Fiji mermaid and this idea of whether mermaids were real or not. And um, I thought it would be really interesting to look at that in terms of unrealistic body image and self-esteem and the ways that we um, look up to um, people in, in the public eye, uh, whatever body shape happens to be trendy at the moment. So that was ah, really where it hit. Yeah,
0: yeah. Man, it's a fantastic piece, it really is. That it's got, I love the slight sense of humour in it because I, I know you, you, your humour sometimes can be a bit more direct to that, but this is quite a subtle piece and I think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. That because I, I love the ending. The end is just such a dig at humanity itself and that's fantastic. So, Thank okay, should we move on then to number three?
1: Sure, let's go for something a bit more direct. This one's <laughs> called Bad Kisser.
0: It's called, it's called what? It's a line cuter, I'm sorry.
1: Bad Kisser.
0: Oh, Bad Kisser, yeah, yeah, great.
1: When we first met, I found you quite charming, but that impression began to cave in. The first time that I let you kiss me and you licked me from forehead to chin. I knew that you weren't great with women, now i finally understand why being able to suck on my tonsils is not something I want in a guy. I still feel the pang of revulsion when I think of your molars on mine. The clash of enamel connecting sends chills to the base of my spine. I know you were just keen to please me, but your technique was really bizarre. You formed a tight seal round my head holes. It's not supposed to be like CPR. In order to give you some feedback, please know that I'm not one to quibble, but we women don't like to be moistened with silvery trails of dribble. Not that it wasn't impressive, the incredible girth of your tongue, but the ravenous way that you wield it, you damn nearly punctured my lung. But now that you're gone, I feel lonely. Normal kisses just don't fill the space. Turns out that though I protested, I want you to suck on my face. <laughs> I saw you gnawing the tonsils of some girl in the precinct by Iceland today. And I know for a fact that I've lost you, the bad kisser who slipped clean away.
0: <laughs> I'm not asking was an next partner of yours at <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, no comment. Oh, brilliant! No, no. Oh, I, that's that's the last Leanne I know from watching all the videos of you over the years. It's like not even <laughs> a slight dark, has definitely. Oh, did you find it? You, when you're writing this, Peter, when you're smiling at yourself all the time, this because like it's. I'd love the lines that you licked me from forehead to chin, for example. But you're, then you are your performance is bizarre. You formed a tight seal on my head holes. It's just absolutely
1: yeah no it's um yeah i'd like to tell you that it's um completely from real life but that would be telling um it's uh, it's uh, yeah it's a poem that i really like performing because it makes audiences laugh and also makes them cringe and i like seeing where people do the laughing and where they do the cringing, and it's yeah. different every time. Really oh yeah,
0: yeah. When you do comedy pieces, you have to get surprised get surprises all the time coming up. And I think it's, for me, when I was reading it, reading it before, I thought it stood up brilliantly on the page, but it's, it's a rare one where it stands up on the page was also brilliant when you do it live as well. So I'm glad they made up you did that one today. Mm-hmm. Right, okay, time to the conclusion now, isn't it? I seem to that. I always mm-hmm. say the big conclusion. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do this final one for you. So having done um, quite an alternative love poem, this is um, a much more traditional uh, love poem and it's about space and it's called Starstruck. Sometimes I get the feeling maybe we first met in space because we're both stars, our constellations shifting into place. The patterns in this cosmos match, the freckles on your face. But it's your generosity that helps me keep my faith. See, infinity's indelible, and that's intimidating. But I would wait forever if you chose to keep me waiting. We're star-crossed, star-struck, starry-eyed. You'll get my five-star rating, but you're not a mass of heat and gas. That's not what I've been saying instead i think you're awesome you're a blazing supernova and like a nasa scientist i've tried to get to know you now gravity and love have got us spinning ever closer this voyage has been wonderful and it's still far from over i've navigated oceans on the strength of your advice called you unbelievable maybe once or twice and though i know astrology's A little imprecise, our fate feels universal, like a starry winter's night. You're celestial perfection, and to me you're luminous. If Van Gogh were alive, he'd want to paint the two of us. So sorry, but you're stuck with me, for better or for worse. And I'll be your observatory, if you'll be my universe. Oh,
0: beautiful. Beautiful, soppy, soppy, but beautiful there. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the line. Then uh, this is why Greg, when I've got the book in front of me. I love the line where where star crossed, star struck, starry eyed, all on the same line. Normally, mm. I would say that. And you, you know as yourself. I would say not to do that. You make it works really well there. It is. And it's like if you define that sometimes you're doing stuff like that, it's it's accidents and slip place sometimes, don't they? That's yeah, just absolutely. such a beautiful poem, that is fantastic. Thank you today, Liam, for that. Now, obviously, people want to know, to refresh the memory, what's the title of the book again?
1: So the book is called Get Over Yourself.
0: And you can pick it up for yourself and your website, can you, or your publishers themselves, can you, quite easily. And I'm presuming yes. also all the usual methods, all good and evil booksellers, as I would say, as well.
1: Absolutely, wherever, wherever you get your good or evil books.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've hacked that from the Empire Film Magazine podcast. They're always saying that, so I, I think I'll start using that. <laughs> I like that. Anyway, Leanne, hang around. I need to quit the off mic. Thank you today. It's been a privilege today. I'm glad we've waited the little year for this. I think if we'd done it at the beginning of the year, we'd probably come out. We've been talking about things in a very different way. So, it's been, right, guys and girls. Cool. Take care then. I'll see you all soon. Stay safe and stay over. peace Bye Spoken, Spock mate.